Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, White Fragility, Why Is It So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism, by Robin D'Angelo. At the beginning of today's bookie, we'd like to first challenge you to think if you have ever met a white person without an opinion on racism. Your answer is probably no, right? Over the two decades, D'Angelo has worked on talking about diversity with American enterprises. She has noticed what you two most likely observed after being asked this question. The fact is that white people are not good at discussing racism, but their opinions are omnipresent. The raw truth is that speech based on sentences like everyone should be treated the same and that I don't really see color has grown old. In what has been acknowledged as her best work, D'Angelo guides us through some of her reflections on her own experience with racism as a white woman. The book talks about what she has learned by being in contact with people of color. By becoming aware that, as a white person, she is unavoidably involved in the racist current of thought, D'Angelo recognized the social phenomenon that is at the core of her work, white fragility. The discussion promoted in this book makes white people aware of how this defensive behavior is harmful to the idea of an equal society, one free of labels based on color. The white people cited in this book do not necessarily identify themselves as racist. This is exactly what strengthens the discussion that white fragility is, indeed, keeping racism a controversial topic. The constant shortcomings faced by people of color are brought into the discussion to highlight how the sometimes unconscious behavior of white people adds even more obstacles to this minority. The book discusses the way racism was shaped in America and invites the white reader to think about their participation in this process. White fragility is a doorway to the white supremacist society that has been built step by step by the dominant race, and is a diagnosis of the many issues related to racism. It offers the readers some guidelines to act with responsibility towards this problem and calls for the necessity to remain vigilant and attack the roots of our own prejudice. Ideologies and assumptions that support racist speeches are questioned by the author, who claims that many white people spread them without realizing it. This book is a call for white people to begin a journey of self-awareness so they can truly understand anti-racist practices in modern society and the origin of their defensiveness. Thus, D'Angelo walks us through a variety of topics that explain why it is so hard to discuss racism with white people. When we talk about race, some invisible social paradigms stop white people from being proactively and deeply involved in such discussion. As aforementioned, the defensive posture is the most concerning of them all, together with other repelling actions like silence or denial-based argumentations. These social forces reinforce the ideals of supremacy, meritocracy, and individualism, making it even harder for people of color to find a place in a society where they aren't faithfully represented. The path to ending these issues is a long, uphill battle. This is why this book is focused on explaining the many possible ways to break the simplistic view that white people have of racism, slowly forcing them to understand that they are, naturally, a part of the problem. In this bookie, we will divide the discussion of this book into three parts. Part 1, Defining and Discussing Racism and White Fragility. Part 2, Racism Beneath Social Phenomenons. Part 3, How Can We Change This? Part 1, Defining and Discussing Racism and White Fragility. 
In the United States of America, the battle against racism dates back to the 1950s and 1960s, a period that marked the beginning of a change in the country. It was through the civil rights movement that racist ideas and concepts started to be questioned. Before this period, Americans could discriminate freely without it being considered a problem. It might be hard for us to imagine that some property owners refused to sell to black families or that black and white people made different lines at the supermarket cashier, but these were common practice back then. However, when violent acts against people of color were later broadcasted on national TV, the American middle class needless to say, majorly composed by whites, became more aware of the issue. They realized it was wrong to conduct such mistreatment towards other people, no matter their skin color. Thus, the civil rights movement dissolved, after which the Civil Rights Act became part of American law in 1964, whereupon social norms shifted and acts of prejudice became less acceptable. White fragility takes us through the many moments in an American's everyday life when white people, sometimes unconsciously, separate or even exclude people of color from their reality. Such phenomena are so ubiquitous that they become institutional. For example, in the American educational system, people are taught that a turning point for women was when they were granted suffrage in 1920. The term suffragette is widely used to proudly refer to women who fought for the right to vote in the past. However, the fact that only white women first had full access to such privileges is often ignored by professors and curricula. Actually, it was not until 40 years later in 1960 that women of all races were finally granted full access to suffrage, but many teachers do not really highlight this detail inside their classrooms. In addition, many schools celebrate Black History Month. During this special period, professors are focused on teaching about the Civil War and civil rights in depth. This positions black history as something completely separate from overall American history, which ends up reaffirming racism even on the institutional level. In other words, the American system helped to keep black people in the lowest societal levels and, consequently, upheld the privileges of white people from both a political and educational perspective. Then, D'Angelo defends the idea that everyone should be held accountable for the way racism is rooted in our society. It is based on this idea that she explains that there is a variation in the types of racism and refers to many historical episodes and researchers to defend her viewpoints. Social psychologist Samuel L. Gartnett first confirmed the existence of aversive racism in society in 1986. The concept is characterized by a conflict between the denial of personal prejudice and unconscious negative feelings and beliefs, which may be rooted in normal psychological processes. D'Angelo goes back to this concept to create her core belief that racism nowadays is fed by racist behaviors that well-intentioned people manifest. According to the author, those who are more educated or keep a progressive mindset are more likely to display this symptom of racism. D'Angelo acknowledges that, when she talks to white people about racism, the way they respond to her conclusions is extremely predictable. They deny them, become impatient or even irritated, and try their best to disprove them. Based on this personal observation, she puts forward the hallmarks of white people's socialization and explains how they are conditioned to see their whiteness as something special. The process entitled as white racial socialization is rooted in conflicting sentiments towards black people, society resents them, feels guilty, and then acts benevolently to compensate. However, there is a hidden need to deny this common anti-blackness out of political correctness. 
Under such circumstances, the danger is that many white individuals fail to recognize racism as an institutional issue, thus disconnecting them from the responsibility of changing the status quo. This is because, in a society dominated by racism, attitudes based on white supremacy are validated every day and become mainstream culture. As such, white fragility flourishes and prevents society from truly dealing with the problem of racism. D'Angelo explains that white fragility awakens when white people are pressured to recognize that their color has a meaning and that it goes far beyond their imagination. With a feeling of fear, guilt, and anger, many whites protect themselves from this intrinsic accusation, they run away from accountability. To illustrate this situation, D'Angelo goes back to a personal experience she had with a white male teacher who made an inappropriate racial comment to a black female student. After being confronted by the student's mom, the white professor acted defensive, which created an escalated conflict that ended up on the front page of a local newspaper. This situation is one of many where white people can act based on the lack of knowledge, curiosity or willingness to listen to a black person's perspective. The professor afforded neither the time nor the disposition to understand why the student might have been offended or what triggered her negative feelings. Therefore, D'Angelo argues that white people are the most important characters in a context that constantly re-establishes racist behaviors and points of view by remaining silent, defensive, and excluding themselves from situations and discussions that defy their comfort zone. The author defines this cycle of dominance and racial hierarchy and its dependence on the behaviors of white people as white fragility. Exploring different cultural frameworks is vital to understanding racism and white fragility. However, in Western societies, controversial ideals are part of this discussion. Western societal groups are known for being individualist. This does not necessarily exclude the existence of social groups, but focuses on feelings of uniqueness, separation from others around us, and the outcome of individual success. In addition, these societies are very objective, which makes it more challenging to make people understand that, just by simply being born a white person, their behaviors will most likely never be free of bias. On top of these two important concepts that help to understand the intrinsic mindset of Western white people, it is impossible to ignore the impacts of other segregating factors like gender, class, and educational background in this context. How many people do you know that had the help of societal privileges to get to where they are today? Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.